Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. Welcome to the show, everybody listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another member's episode. Thank you very much for being here, everybody. We have Lorenzo coming on the show today, and he's going to be sharing about a lot of different experiences he's went through his life. He has lived a very rough life, but his mom, and we're going to start off here, his mom was a witch, and there comes a lot of baggage when somebody in your family is a witch. And he comes on to talk about how all this stuff unfolded in his life. So let's get to Lorenzo right now. All right, today we got Lorenzo on the show. Lorenzo, what's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going? Hey, man, thanks for uh, sticking with me on these technical difficulties that we have here. Uh, so listen, you reached out and you have uh, some, it, it seems like a, a mixed bag of different things. And, yeah, uh, and life experiences. Yeah, life experiences. I mean, anything from, uh, you know, uh, mom stuff, your mother-in-law stuff. Uh, I, I, shoot, you just said something about... Um, you just said you remembered something and I, I can't remember what it was. What was it that you, you jotted down? Oh, uh, a friend of mine that works with me was telling me about his dead uncle and they did a seance. That's right. The lady, he came through and talked to him through the lady. That's right. Uh, so we got the seance. Uh, we got casino stories. We even have a story where uh, your sister's boyfriend was pulled out of a car. I love it all. So uh, I know you, you said- more. <laughs> what, what'd you say? I said, we got more. There's a lot more. 
Awesome. Yeah. So uh, listen, I'm going to let you take it away and stuff. I know you said you wanted to start with your mom and, and, and wrap things up with the mother-in-law. So I'll let you fill the gaps, man. The time is yours. Okay. So first of all, um, I like to say, I tell people this and, and um, it sounds weird, but growing up, we always saw my mom and one of my aunts. It was a friend of hers, but we'd always call her, you know, our aunt. And they were always, you know, I would always see them from, they getting like spoons and forks, burning certain things and, you know, making like a whole pot, like almost like a, doing spells. I mean, I don't remember what was said, but I remember my mom tying some spoons, bending them with different ribbons. They would fill this bag with liquid. And I remember as a little kid, seeing them run up to somebody's door and throw the bag on their door to like spread it. And, you know, I was always like, you know, what's going on with that? You know, so being little and hearing a lot of stuff, I remember my sister telling me, cause my mom used to like going and anybody that could read cards, whether you call them witches, spiritualists, um, the whole Santeria, my mom was always into that. And I remember my sister telling me that they were little, her and my other sister, I got two older sisters. They went to Mexico or Mexicali, Mexicali. And they pull up to this house and they're in the station wagon. And my mom's telling them, you know, get off. We're going to go inside and talk to this lady. And my sisters did not want to go in the house. So my sister tells me, you know, my mom's in the house, probably not even five, 10 minutes. And that something pulled them both by their hair, like yanked their pigtails. They jumped up and ran into the house. So that's one story, one experience, you know. So anyways, like fast forward, I get to like high school. My mom moves to San Bernardino. I didn't pay much attention to it. My mom's kind of like sad. She's telling me. Um, she went and saw this lady and she's read her, her cards. She told her, if you do not get your son out of this city, town, he's not going to live to be 18. So I was just like, you know, whatever. I started out, you know, never a trouble kid. Right when I hit high school, started hanging out, ditching, started hanging out with this guy. I've always known of the gang you know, talks me into like hanging out with them, we'll say. So anyways, I get like initiated during school hours around the corner of one of the rooms, you know, pretty much it's called a jump in. So like six guys, we get in a fight, you know, get a little beat down. Now you're hanging out with the in the neighborhood, you know? Well, that didn't last too long. I get, I would get home. My mom's like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I got in a fight. She wasn't buying it. She made me stay home from school. And this is where her longtime friend comes into play. His name was uh, Don Juan. So he was like a spiritualist. I want to say this Puerto Rican guy. He lived in Muscoy. We'd pull up to his house. He'd have a line of people waiting to see him. 
It reminded me of like the Godfather when everybody's waiting to pay tribute or, or see him at the wedding. So we go there. I go in this room and there's like statues, saints. He's got African figures. He's got all this stuff. Nice guy. Smoked a cigar. My mom, I never paid him money. It was, didn't feel weird. I sit down. My mom's like, he wants to talk to you. She leaves the room. He, very nice guy. To the day he died, he's always nice. He's all, what's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean what's going on? And he goes, your mom told me you're having trouble. I said, not a big deal. And he's like, come on. And the one thing that he told me that sticks to me today, that day he told me, you need to like listen to your gut. And I'm like, what are you talking about? If you feel you shouldn't get in a car, don't do it. If you feel you shouldn't go into this room, don't do it. If you just feel something in your stomach, don't do it. And I'm like, okay. And we talked. I was nice to him. You know, we're nice. So, um, sorry if I'm repeating myself, but he goes, uh, you know, I, like I said, my mom, we didn't have money. My mom wasn't like paying this guy. And I asked him because he told me a couple things that, that stuck with me. And I'm like, how do you know? all these things. And he tells me, I speak to spirits. Spirits talk to me. I guess what, you know, now knowing what I know, whether it's demons, spirit guys, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like I never felt threatened with this guy. I was never scared. Um, so anyways, I remember like two weeks, it was like a whole week before this next incident happens. There was like, I always, I always remember there was like a bird or an owl. We lived in a two-story apartment. We're in the top story. I remember a, a bird would sit outside and just screech, like <laughs> screech. And growing up through all this with my mom, I always remember like the birds sending messages or like, you know, something's going to happen. So all my buddies that I was hanging out with now, they're telling me, Hey, we're going to go to the football game on Friday. A bunch of us. I'm like, cool. My real friends that I went to junior high with, they're like, hey, we're going to go to the movies. They all had a girlfriend. I'm like, I don't want to be like the sick, the seventh wheel. You know, I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'm cool. And I remember my mom begged me like, please don't go to this football game. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to be all right. I'm okay. I'm okay. She begged me. And so anyways, I go, we're hanging out. It's crazy because I remember I had a screwdriver in my pocket because we had been fighting with these different group of guys earlier that week. We're getting searched to go into the football game. And last minute, I took it out of my pocket and I threw the screwdriver. We go in, we're hanging out. I'm like, you know what? You know, I, I to be honest, even though I was out doing things I shouldn't, I was never allowed to be hanging out late. You know, I was I was only 15. <clears throat> so I tell the guys, you know, I'll see you later. So that high school where the football field is, I had to walk to the front of the high school, Purdue High School. There's a payphone. And I remember walking and I see some guys at the front of the school. And something told me turn around and go back. 
leave, go, just get out of there. But me being a tough guy, I'm like, let me see who these guys are. And I had just talked to my mom on the payphone, like, hey, I'm ready to get picked up. So I go to the front and I see the enemies. There's two of them. I see a friend that's supposed to be there with us. So I'm thinking, you know what? Let me start something. So I go up there. I start fighting with these two guys. The guy that's supposed to be there with me is just watching. And these two guys weren't as big as me, so they were quick. I go to hit one, the other one hits me. I actually turn around while they're hitting me, and I tell my so-called friend, like, you're not going to help. And he's like, nope. I said, okay. So I turn back around, and I'm fighting. I hear some guys, there's a car in the parking lot right there, and there's more of them. I hear one of them say, open the trunk. I take off running back to where the football game's at. One guy chases me from from where the cars are. Right before I get to the gate to go back into the school, he kicks my leg. I don't fall, and I make it all the way back to where my friends are. I got a black eye. I'm, like, all winded. And my other friends are like, what happened? And I'm telling them, like, hey, the enemy's over here in the front. They jumped on me. All right, we know where they live. We're going to go do something. I said, okay, let's go. So I'm walking and I start like, I can't breathe, you know? And a security guard stops me for the campus security. She remembered, you know, I went to school there. She tells me, what's going on? You got a black eye? I'm like, nothing. I'm all right. I fell. So. My friends are like, come on, let's go. And I'm trying to leave with them, but I can't catch my breath. So I had, I was wearing like a denim White Sox jersey. And I take off the jersey and I look down and there's a, a spot of red on my side. Well, I didn't know they were stabbing me when they were, when we were fighting. So anyways, the ambulance come, take me to, to the county hospital, punctured lung. I'm in there waiting to, and it's crazy because it's in the papers. My wife makes fun of just some of the wordings that were in the paper. There was two other stabbings besides me at different high school games. I'm laying, I'm sitting there. The cop comes up. He's asking me what happened. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't see. He was irritated. He pulls back the curtain. He goes, well, you could have been like this guy. And I look over and they must have cut his chest open to save him. So now his chest is just open. That guy's dead. He pulls a curtain on the other side, and there's a guy was cut open from his stomach. Like his stomach was just wide open. He's all look at this guy. And I'm like, and me being young and dumb, I'm like, well, it didn't happen. You know, so the cop leaves, the nurse comes in, I'm like, Am I gonna die? She's like, We don't know. We have to do a procedure. I said, Look, me being tough and being young, whatever. I'm like, if I'm going to die, just let my mom in. Cause I could see my mom was trying to look through the emergency window. I'm all, just let my mom in. So I could spend whatever time I got left with my mom. So they do a procedure called a chest tube. I end up surviving this. And what's crazy is I remember a few friends that went to see me weren't even the 
friends that I hung out with, they were like my friend friend. Well, somehow one of the girls that showed up, I knew she was dating the guy that stabbed me. So I think she was in there checking if I was going to tell this and that. Anyways, so I survived that, right? Long, you know, I get out of the hospital. My, I was in there for a week. And my mom's like, when we get out of the hospital, she goes, we're going to go visit your sister in Beaumont, uh, California, which is uh, towards Palm Springs. I said, okay. And what's crazy is me being young. I was My mind was set on, I'm going to go get revenge when I get out, whatever. So we get out. We go to Beaumont. My mom moved all our stuff to Beaumont. So that whole week I was in the hospital, she moved us over, you know? So, and out there, a lot of the, the people that were in the streets, they knew my mom. There was one guy, he would come and pay her for protection, protection from the cops, protection from rival people. And it's crazy because my mom passed away a few years ago and I ran into one of these guys. He was pretty a pretty tough guy and we were at a at a restaurant in banning which is the next town over he pulls me aside and he goes hey and he goes um you know your mom told me somebody had okayed for someone to to get me and i go okay you know because i don't like talking stuff like that because i'm not involved i'm you know i left all that i'm not i was never involved like that so pretty much she had told him, like, hey, they're going to kill you. And he goes, she was right. And I found out who it was. And that was it. I didn't want any details on that. But, you know, some of the people growing up or the older people in Beaumont, they would call her, uh, I guess, Voodoo Mary. Because, you know, like I said, people would come. They get their cards read. To me, it was an everyday thing. It wasn't no big deal. It was extra money. She paid for stuff. And we lived in, like, um when we finally got our own place, we lived in like a studio. It was me, my brother, my mom, and my her husband. I love the guy, but I only had one dad. So I, he's not my stepdad, you know. And he liked to drink. And it was a, a, a parking lot. Like you had to pull in to these little small studio apartments. Long driveway, dirt. At the end was a field. Somebody would rent, put their equipment back there. And there was a trash can. So... He would always sit out there every night and just drink and drink in his van, drink. And he tells me he's sitting there listening to his music and he sees something walk by his van through the driver's side window. So he gets out of the van and he looks. And what he could tell, it's a guy, but he's walking towards the back of the lot and he follows him and he says, the guy disappeared. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.